far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode... We get the privilege to interview UruCon's executive directors Lauren and Preston. I'm very, like, you're just kind of like, so you looked up podcast out of Arizona, and we were the first ones that came up? Uh, yeah, you were one of the, the first ones to come up, because it said one of you was based in Chandler. Yeah, I, I'm actually in Santan Valley now, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. At one point, but I did yeah. live in Chandler. It was, it, we're doing, a, like, a very, like, grassroots I mean, we have a press release and like Facebook ads, but we're doing like a very grassroots approach for the con. So it's it's finding um, like local bloggers, uh, vloggers, okay. gamers, esports, things like that. Like going to the colleges and high schools, that type thing, because um, there are anime clubs there. So it's very grassroots. So yeah, it just was kind of luck um, that I found you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually did a quick Google search on Arizona anime podcast and we were like result two or something. So I yeah. mean, we didn't have to search that hard. <laughs> no, but and I it's... mean, it, but then it was crazy when you were like, yeah, I'm on the East coast. And I was like, oh, well the internet says, <laughs> you're in Arizona. You, you know, you can never trust the internet. <laughs> yeah. No. So. John is my co-host, and uh, he's actually our uh, my Arizona anime toy collectible liaison out in the West Coast for me. So he gives me the four one scoop of what's happening in Arizona and some of the stuff that he does. Um, and actually, yeah, I've we've done con reports for various cons that we go to, and uh, I've been to like Arizona Toy Con and the Phoenix Fan Fusion and that kind of stuff before, but. Uh... I know there's other Arizona cons like Savotan Con and stuff, but I haven't, I haven't been to that. And I know yours is new, so I, I hadn't even heard of it until we got the email. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, we want. Yeah, we definitely want to educate people, and so that's why you know as many people as we can reach in as many different like outlets is ideal. Yeah. I I so I have a little bit of. I don't know if I want to say influence, but of Sabaton Con since I've been doing, I've been getting back into AMVs the past couple of years, and uh, so two years in a row I've won best trailer at Sabaton Con, and then this year oh, wow. I got I got a nomination for I think like upbeat or uh, comedy or something, and I didn't win anything for that sadly, but at least I was a finalist. Yeah, so I took home like trailer for two years in a row between 2020 and 2021. Uh, they didn't, there wasn't any cons in 2020, so it was an online thing. But then, like, in person was last year. Yeah. So That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm fairly recognized in whoever goes to those AMV competitions and keeps up with that. So, I sh- yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. That's a big, like, that's a big deal. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm focused on uh, Anime Week in Atlanta stuff. So we're 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they were trying to get like editors because I already worked on one like a like a movie trailer poster for one of the videos I did, and mm-hmm. just to kind of see what it would look like because I've done one before that's hanging in my room and. Um, so the guy that's directing the uh, the video art track there, the AMV uh, coordinator, he's someone that actually got me back into the community a couple of years ago. And um, he's like, I brought up, like, you know, we got to do posters and maybe put them outside of the vat. And he's just like, he saw my design. And he's like, I'm passing this along to the staff meeting today. We should get approved. So hopefully oh, that's, that's cool. like a nice way to get people to like draw into like the vat program and see these like yeah. fan made posters of videos that are going to be playing at the we- at the con the weekend. Or that weekend, so. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll be, we'll expand and be, you know, even bigger and stuff. So who knows uh, what type of partnerships are in the future. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, we never really officially started, but we just kind of started yeah. talking. Um, I'll just go ahead and do introductions. Uh, this is the Anime of Yesteryear podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin, me and myself, I can't even talk straight. The other guy here is John, who's been on the other episodes ever. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. That's that's coming up 10 years, man. 10 years in yeah. January. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure out something. Um, so with us, we have a special guest from... Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing the con incorrectly, and she can correct me. Urucon? U-W-U-Con? And we have Lauren, our liaison from that convention out of the Arizona area. And we have Ron here to tell us all about this convention and probably just expand from there. So, Lauren, the floor is yours, ma'am. Hi. Uh, thank you guys so much for having us. I'm here with Pretzen Statzer, the executive director of UwuCon. So I did pronounce Hi. it right. <laughs> Uwu. Yeah. It's, yeah, Uwu. Yeah. Hi, Preston here. Um, so Preston is, is the, the mastermind, uh, behind UwuCon. So I'll let him speak first as to why, uh, like why now and the origins of, of the convention, um, and, and his experience. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much, uh, why we kind of created our own convention. Um, we've, me and a few partners have really kind of traveled around the past 10 years, uh, convention to convention we've ran a media company a comic book media company before this um and then now i actually own a uh game store here in arizona called olympus games and we're more of like a tcg like trading card game store slash anime store Mm -hmm. and um, we've just been really thinking about how to bring a different kind of convention to arizona with kind of you know bringing back the the original like Japanese uh, kind of culture uh, to everything. And that's what we're kind of leaning towards is kind of re recreating the kind of the older style and also like a newer kind of con in a, in a way um, where we're kind of heavy focusing on the culture of uh, food uh, and whatnot. And mm-hmm. then we are still highlighting, you know, the, the voice actors of the English uh, and we're hoping next year to, since COVID's now hopefully, almost fully done uh, to be able to travel. Uh, we're hoping to bring out the Japanese counterparts for all, uh, all the voice actors in the animes. So that's just a little, little, little gist of what we're doing right now. Okay. So I, I like how you, you bring back like the classic of 
I guess, older anime like conventions? Is that like including tape trading and playing videos on a, like a old CRT screen and, and projectors and that stuff? Would be, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is, like we uh, for our esports, uh, it's a big thing that we actually do do CRT uh, melee uh, for for that. Which is right. really funny to hear that. Because the refresh rate is like apparently a lot more sharper or more accurate than it is on an, uh, an HDTV or something, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a little crazy. Like when we host tournaments here in Olympus, uh, we we bring in about 25 CRT TVs. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, these they have, to, they have to bring a whole U-Haul because these TVs are so big. And like yeah. carrying these two TVs again is funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, it gives a, it gives people a way to play like old light gun games too on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, just really, just we, like I said, we've been around long enough where we've kind of take bits and pieces and we've listened to um, the the vendors, we've listened to the voice actors, we've listened to uh, celebrity talent and also attendees to really kind of curate the best con possible going forward. And um, Arizona definitely needs uh, some, needs a shakeup of conventions. And I think that's what we're trying to bring is uh, something different and something uh, refreshing to it, to the scene. So uh, we're excited. We, we've built a, a big team behind us. And uh, um, my business partner uh, is a Korean uh, chef and he owns a Korean pub slash restaurant uh, here in, in Mesa called Drunken Tiger. And he's the one that's kind of headstroning uh, the whole Asian community and kind of bringing in all the um, Asian and Japanese cultured kind of restaurants uh, to pretty much curate these amazing dishes that are either manga or anime inspired uh, and, and or just, you know, Asian cuisine in general. And so kind of creating it into a mini micro uh, food festival where hopefully next year will be a full fledged food festival with it. But um, yeah, it's it's super cool, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. Like um, with all the restaurants that he's bringing in, uh, he's not allowing pretty much a lot of um, each restaurant to overlap in any kind of menu items. So there will be a great great like spread of different uh, menu items to choose from. And no one's get, no one other company will have another of the uh, like other menu like other menu item of the others. So, and all of us, um, it's just Preston and, and me today. But all of us from our vendor coordinator, and then of course, like he mentioned, um, Justin, who's doing the food and beverage curation, uh, our uh, social media person. We're all convention attendees. You know, I've gone to Dragon Con in Atlanta. I've gone to Phoenix Fan Fusion. I've gone to film festivals. And so all of us, you know, you go to those conventions or festivals and food is, you're stuck with just whatever is offered if you're lucky, right? Like if you're lucky, yeah. there are food trucks, right? But most conventions, it's like, would you like this hamburger or would you like these chicken tenders or would you like some pizza? And like all that is, is exactly. That and like that, all that's came, all fine. That <laughs> all came from the school cafeteria the week before. Right. <laughs> and that's, and you know, I love chicken tenders. I love cheeseburgers and that, that will still be there. The, the, the venue that we are at is called Bell Bank Park in Mesa. It's a brand new venue. Um, it does have the word park in its name, but the convention is indoors. 
um, okay. the, the food venues are, are, are going to be like outside under this covered area with like a zip line that should hopefully be working, uh, at, at the time. So you can like zip line above all of the food vendors and stuff in your, in your cosplay. Um, but food is always, is always a, a back burner sort of scenario. And so that's where, if you go to our website, which is uwucon, uwucon.com, you'll see that it's a, a new anime convention experience. And we really want to highlight the experience part because it is more than just voice actors. There will be panels. There's going to be two nights of um, anime raves because a lot of the conventions out here, 10 or 11 o'clock, you have to go off site if mm. you want to keep the party going, right? And um, so it, it's it's able to become a little bit more adult. It's able to be... Um, one-stop shopping, if you will, you know, you do, you will have vendors and, but it's, it's a celebration of Japanese culture and, and Japanese and, and, and Asian inspired like cuisine. And, um, yeah, you can stay on the premises. We've got, uh, Alex Cade from Canada coming down. We have DJ Saki Bomb from Seattle, I believe, coming for the anime raves. So it's, we really are trying to capitalize on the experience portion of a convention. Okay. I, I, yeah, I saw that your new uh, location is that, um, you know, there's this road that's just opened right by there that I've gone down uh, by Bellbank Park. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen this location. I, I thought it was like a sports uh, arena, but it seems like they do uh, some other kind of events in there as well. So that's interesting. Yeah, they, I mean, it is primarily a sports venue. I mean, it's the largest sports complex in the United States. They just wow. opened it six months ago. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, they have, like, 52 pickleball courts with, like, a championship, uh, you know, court that was featured on ESPN a few weeks ago. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, I know that place. Uh, that's our venue. <laughs> We're holding our uh, con there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but they're, they're allowed, like, they've been really great and kind of um, – we, we were able to get in there first and really um, – kind of tailor things and they're allowing us to kind of tailor things and they're, they're, they're willing to, to bring in different conventions, uh, in there. So, um, Bell Bank staff has been nothing short of amazing of really helping us grow. And, uh, we think that over the next few years, it will grow even better because they have so many future plans. I mean, you know, since you live out in that area, how, how big things are growing and, and, and everything like that. Um, in the Mesa slash Queen Creek, Santan Valley area where um, th- they have plans to, you know, build on-site hotels um, for Bell Bank. theater. And then they're actually building yeah. a, like, fifteen to 20,000-person amphitheater outside for concerts uh, and whatnot. So they're really kind of designing this kind of park, in a sense, to be a kind of one-stop shop uh, in a future uh, venue for a lot of things to come. So... We're excited to be one of the first to kind of uh, join forces with them and kind of tailor things to our event, and hopefully we can grow together. Yeah, I went on their website, and I saw they have, like, a, a Halloween event for, like, kids to do trick-or-treating in a safe way and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it seems like it's a really large place that's doing a lot of that kind of thing. They've got music events being held there. and Yeah, so it, there's stuff. a lot of, of future possibilities, especially when that amphitheater gets open. There's the ability to bring in you know, music artists and things mm-hmm. like that um, for for future conventions. So we got in on the ground floor with them, and we're we're very excited. 
Uh, so I also read on your website about there was some event you held in a, a parking lot that got shut down or something like this in, in the past. <laughs> that would be my that, that would be my Preston. store. Yeah, that would be that would be my store. So we we started doing um, about a year and a half ago like some pop up events in our in our parking lots where we are hosting um, car shows slash anime pop up events. Um, and by the fourth one is when it actually shut, uh, we shut down the whole, the whole thing where, um, I actually hired Mesa PD, uh, to be here and we had three of them on, like, on duty, uh, to kind of coordinate traffic and I'm like that. Well, we, they ended up needing 12 by the end of the night. Uh, oh. it blew up. <laughs> it, it blew up on TikTok. It went viral, had over 3 million views. Uh, it was, it was kind of crazy. Uh, we ended up having, 1200 plus cars in the parking lot uh, that filled the whole thing backed up the freeways both ways uh, and then all of a sudden at the end of it after they shut it down uh, around 10 o'clock uh, Mesa PD came in full force and was like you can't do that again uh, without special permitting and and planning so uh, that <laughs> we'll was see. fun yeah <laughs> so we, we had a good aerial shot like some with drones of like kind of showcasing that and it was just it was super cool and like it was it, it like in Mesa PD it was actually very encouraging about the event because you know we're, we're taking off a lot of like the the street racing and like that and kind of hosting uh this car show um along with all these vendors we ended up having we had 40 yeah we had 40 vendors um out in front of our parking lot and then uh kind of tied into my store we were doing giveaways and we had DJ and like it, it was a lot of fun and uh I think that's what kind of kind of prompted prompted us to you know go a little bit bigger and you know like all right well we've always wanted to do this I think we can so um, and that's what we did and then last year I mean we we ran we co-hosted another um, one day convention uh, that we exceeded our our numbers drastically like we were only expecting about eight hundred to a thousand attendees and we ended up getting about forty eight hundred in a one day convention so. Wow. It was, it was, it was a lot. Like we didn't anticipate, like I said, we didn't anticipate it, but it was a, it was a good welcoming. So kind of, we kind of proof in the pudding from last year to now curating it to this year. So. I, I find it interesting. You mentioned about getting the street racers off the street. And I'm just imagining like somewhere off, like behind the buildings, there's a paddy wagon and the cops are just like, <laughs> yep, we got him. We got him. We got him. We got him. <laughs> So it's just a big sting operation. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny you say that because, like, so we had about six private security um, that was uh, hired for my store just to keep calm with everything. Well, yeah. um, one of the things that we, you know, obviously at all these big car shows and big car meets and like that, uh, two-stepping and, like, uh, burnouts were a huge issue. So uh, before the cops really had their presence, they were kind of just sitting around back like you, like you said, <laughs> and, uh, one of our security guards, his name's Colton, like big, scary guy. You wouldn't want to mess with him. And he, uh, he, he, one guy was like burning out and he went up to his window and he was like, I have, I, I, we have Mesa PD behind the building. And if you do it again, we'll make sure that they come over here and arrest you. And the guy was like, Oh, you're, 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 you're BSing me, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care. And sure enough, uh, he, he radios uh, PD. He was like, hey, PD, can you come around here? And at like two <laughs> seconds later, both sides, they come around and flip on the lights and everyone cheers. And <laughs> it, was, 
it, it was like the guy was like, and then the guy ended up actually getting a ticket and everything. It was, it was crazy. They done caught the bandit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's that's amazing. I, I I just know like with you guys describing the con, um, I just I just you got you know the main chef is a, a Korean guy. I'm just thinking like big bar- Korean barbecue festival, also some anime thrown in. As my first, like, just hearing that, but, um, a lot of the stuff you guys are saying that you're doing, um, it's kind of sort of a thing that is done at Eastern, or not Eastern, but East Coast conventions. Um, like, Animazement is, like, I think kind of trying to be known or is known as the big party convention out in Raleigh, because there's a rave, like, every night, at least Friday and Saturday. And then, um, Anime Week in Atlanta does, like, a food truck vendors out in the parking lot outside the con, and they also do, like, a rave or so. Um, but my thing is, like, I know, like, uh, I, you know, we were talking about Sabaton earlier. Um, what in some ways is your convention going to be at least different than Sabaton or at least could offer more than what that con does? Or is that, like, one of the bigger cons that you're trying to compete with or you're not really too worried about it? No, we're not really worried about them at all. Um, they, uh, they, they have their strong points and, um, like, okay. they, they do very well at, um, you know, the, the panels and everything. Um, but we are going to be different, uh, from them. Uh, like we're a total different show. They, they gauge like, um, like I said, they, they go after panels. They, they do amazing panels and like, um, and they really highlight stuff like that where we're, we're going the different route to highlight food, uh, voice actors and uh, vendors. Um, and we're really going to try focusing on the culture mm-hmm. of kind of the con or of anime kind of conventions. So, um, I think that's really the thing that we're doing and we're, we're able to actually showcase a lot of artists, um, that people like you go to these conventions and you see, you know, a million different artists or, or, or unfortunately you see a lot of decal artists and, and kind of the same stuff over and over. Um, we've kind of, kind of handpicked a lot of the artists and the vendors that are coming to the show. Um, I traveled you know, all year and really just kind of handpicked my top 10, top 20 uh, vendors and said, Hey, I'd like to personally invite you out to this con that we're doing. And we'd like to kind of show a difference. And, you know, we still want to support our local vendors. We want to support our local stuff, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we, we want to change the, change the scene a little bit and actually be able to bring out some unique vendors. Um, and then, like we said, we're, we're partnering up with some of the, some large artists, um, I don't know. Uh, are you guys Star Wars fans at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean we've uh, we've reviewed Mandalorian and that kind of stuff. We we have we yeah. have our opinions on the Star Wars movies. Let's just say. Sure, yeah, that's sure, okay. Sure. Those but, kind of opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give a point, so like he's um he's the number one featured artist for uh for Star Wars for Lucasfilm. It's Christopher Clark. He's also a huge featured artist for. Uh, for Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. um, okay. so uh, having him out uh, doing, and doing some like actual uh, traditional paintings uh, and original art is going to be cool. He's going to be live drawing um, throughout the con, and then also signing autographs. Um, and then um, we have a few other big artists, uh, such as Dominic Glover, uh, who is one of our partners, who has uh, started out in DC and Marvel, uh, doing a bunch of projects with them that have now converted over to anime. So. Uh, all these artists are like, uh, they start off in DC or, or Marvel, and then they figure out that the money is actually in, in anime. So it's it's funny that we 
that they that they make that kind of change. So, uh, but kind of circling back to to your question is like pretty much just the differences is like we really we're gonna try being a different show and highlighting some different uh, differentials. Um, and I think um, I think the shows that we have are are good for what they are because they've been going strong for. I think Sabo is about to uh, come into their fifteenth year, mm. um, which is great. Um, but they don't really change much, so that's what we're we're here to try to. We're not here to reinvent the wheel, but we are here to kind of uh, kind of show showcase what we can do and what we can really, you know, mm-hmm. bring to the table. And I I think I think too. Um, of course you know, money is always a factor in, in cons, right? And of course we would like to be successful because that then rolls into other cons that we are able to do in the future, right? Like if this, we want this one to be successful so we can do more in the future, but honestly, none of us, I mean, our, our vendor coordinator uh, named Indiana, she's been a vendor at cons. Um, We're trying to create UwuCon to be, what kind of convention would we want to go to? So it isn't a, a I, I don't want to say for profit because like I'm not trying to disparage other cons, but like there are, there are nationally owned cons, right? Where kind of money is their factor. Mm-hmm. For us, it's as convention goers, as anime lovers, as gamers, you know, what, as cosplayers, what do, what do we want to see? Who do we want to see? What do we want to do? What types of foods do we want to eat? What type of activities? Um, we want to keep it family friendly. So those with a paid badge who have children who are 12 and under get in for free. With a, the, the kids get in for free as long as uh, one person has a paid badge. Um, so that's, that's something unique that we're doing. There is also going to be uh, safe trick-or-treating for kids on, I think this Saturday or Sunday, Sunday, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think we're, um, we're having all the vendors kind of bring candy or we'll even provide candy and kind of be a, a nice. And it forces country. also each vendor to like be seen by people. Cause how, you know, so m- money is not, is not the, our key, you know, driving factor. It's really as convention lovers, what, what do we want to do and what do we want to see? And I think that's what makes us different. And then just to add this last thing is like, so, like I told you, like we, we really asked a lot of vendors of like, you know, what would you do differently at a convention or, or how could we help you more? And we really listened to that and mm-hmm. uh, working with Indiana. Um, what we're trying to provide vendors is like we, we're providing vendors their own private bathrooms uh, that they can use uh, in the facility. Uh, we're providing them runners uh, that can come watch their booths for them to take bathroom breaks, smoke breaks, eating, anything like that. Um, trying to offer them some amenities uh, where, you know, a lot of them don't ever get to go get signings from the voice actors uh, and then also uh, discounts on food. Um, and so, um, and then also, and, and just water, <laughs> and just free water. Like, free water. It, it's huge. Like I, I know there's like, there's definitely some, some disgruntles at AX this year. Uh, with vendors and there, there was a lot more disgruntled things than just <laughs> from what I understood AX. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was and, a lot of disgruntled, like you know, air pollution and, and everything like that. Talking about it, but yeah, and cosplayers get their own uh, feature, like the feature cosplayers get like a locker room, mm-hmm. right? To to change, so you're not. And then uh, since we're at a sports facility, what might as well use it, right? right. Well, that so is, the, that is a great idea. Yeah, there'll also be a kind of a 
like a quiet cool down booth. So like when you just want to take a load off of your feet as a cosplayer or something like that, you can go sit in a tent like in private away from like fans and stuff until you're ready to kind of come back out and socialize. So we do, we're, we're offering kind of, um, you know, complimentary perks for cosplayers and vendors. I, I have to say with the vendors thing that you mentioned, that is an incredibly great idea because I sold games for a friend of mine at Animazement for a number of years. And that one was like, you know, you, some people it's, it's, it's just them showing up at the booth and they can't go anywhere. And that's like right. hell on earth that you can't, you know, cause you don't want to leave your stuff cause it'd be stolen. There goes your livelihood, but like you got to yeah, use the bathroom, if- you got to get food and you know, for someone to just watch your spot, and to be kind of like, you know, very quick about it. if you need them, they're there. That's like a, the number one thing of like would help anybody that's a vendor out for sure. So, yes. So we'll be we'll be uh, accepting volunteer submissions. We're also um, hoping to partner with ASU out here and also some of the other colleges like GCU. Um, there are students that need like credit hours, right? Like if they're in marketing or hospitality and, and things like that for their major um, and so they, they would, they would be runners. They would be working like the customer service booth, things like that. Okay. So we yeah. really are like a true local, you know, grassroots boots on the ground, um, con. Yeah. It's, it's not great for either the, you know, the seller, if they can't go to the bathroom or for the customer, if they, if the seller has to be gone and then they can't buy something cause there's no one at the booth and. So, yeah, this helps everyone to have this system. Yeah, I've passed quite a bit of cons and, like, you're like, where do they go? I want to buy something. And then, I mean, it'll be be determined by the vendor if they will allow the volunteer to process for them um, Mm -hmm. and how long they're gone or if they want to just, you know, just have them say, hey, they'll be right back. Like, come back in about five or ten minutes and blah, blah, blah. So we really are, you know, like, we want them to – all the, I mean, being there for 12 hours, like we all know, it sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it, as a vendor, as a seller, like, uh, and not being able to sit down or take breaks or, you know, uh, just Mingle whatever. Or yeah, go just do meet, whatever. You know, go like enjoy around. the con yourself, you know? Um, so yeah. Go take a zip line tour. Yeah, yeah. go, go, go on the zip line. <laughs> cool. Um, I was going to say, John, do you, do, you, you went to ASU. Do you, could you, uh, trust someone's, um, do you trust if somebody went to ASU, they could manage a, a booth or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I trust other ASU. I, I, yeah, out you're the, the expert on ASU. You went there. there. That's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I married an ASU grad, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. John and I, uh, when we first started in podcasting, we we're both like in college at the same time, but I was like the last one to get out of college because that's just how it happens sometimes. So, um, so do you guys usually go to more uh, anime conventions or have you guys gone to more like comic book conventions, a little bit both or, or what's, what, what do you guys like to do? So, well, on my side of things, I usually yeah. do go to comic conventions. Like I, I first started going to like San Diego and the, late nineties, early two thousands, when you could just, you know, drive there and buy tickets at the door. Eventually that was no longer possible. And it became where you'd have to buy them instantly on the internet. And 
you know, you couldn't get them most of the years. So I, I probably haven't been there in 15 years or something. But uh, yeah, then I started going to more like, you know, Amazing Arizona, Comic-Con, and uh, Phoenix Comic-Con before they changed it to Fan Fusion. And um, yeah, I go to the Collector's Marketplace a lot, and there are uh, toy cons that they have in uh, Glendale. And I know they're having one in Mesa in a few months as well. But, uh, yeah, I usually go more to, like, toy and comic cons than uh, anime cons. But I, I know that Dustin goes to a lot of, um, you know, like, Anime Weekend Atlanta and that kind of thing. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, I do mostly anime cons. I've been – the only comic con I've really been to is uh, since I'm in South Carolina, we have uh, SC Comic Con, which is run by a local comic book store. So that's kind of their big vendor. And I've been there a few times. And it's really just – a large like buyer's market flea marketplace. Like they have guests there and you're basically there to kind of pay for autographs from wrestlers or comic book artists and buy stuff. And there's voice actors there, but they kind of, they'll have like panel rooms, but like, it's not really like, Hey, here's a panel room. You have to kind of sort of figure it out where it's at. And there wasn't, and there's only like a couple of panel rooms there because there's one big uh, convention center and so it's again, it's it's more set up like a buyer's market. I mean, this is the same place that they host a, a gun show three or four times a year, um, <laughs> that I've actually gone to. So, um, and, but yeah, it's that's kind of like my experience with at least that Comic Con. Um, but in terms of like you know, South Carolina has a couple of like smaller anime cons. I was going to a few years ago, but I just really have no interest to go back. And you know, Anime Weekend Atlanta is kind of the big thing that I do every year, and. I was doing um, animation for the long, longest time since I lived in Raleigh, and I just kind of felt like I that, that con sort of stagnated and kind of leveled out the past couple of years, and I just didn't want to go this year. But I decided to go to MomoCon that same weekend, and I had basically a free ride to go in terms of tickets, gas, a place to stay. So I could not, I couldn't pass up that offer. So, <laughs> and Momo, I know was, MomoCon as well. Yeah. Okay, so you've been to Momo as well, right? Well, I haven't been in a long time. I'm from Atlanta originally, so I actually have friends who are oh. on the staff for both MomoCon and um, Anime Weekend Atlanta. I got and you. Are, you know, staff of some way, whether it's coordinators or their track leaders or something like that. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm very familiar as well. So you haven't been to the con since it's been at the Georgia Convention Center. Uh, no, I've lived out here about a decade, about nine years now. Okay. So yeah. I don't know when it moved or may, maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how long they've been at the Georgia Congress Center. Like this, this, you know, a few months ago was my first time ever going, but I've known about it for 10 or so years. Yeah. So I just know that it yeah, was like originally a free con that was at Georgia Tech <laughs> and Apparently that's changed the past few years, and so now it's at a bigger venue. And they, the, the Congress Center is a ginormous. It's an, an amazing, like engineering feat of how there's underground parking and it's hovers above it somehow. And they that con occupies like one wing of that convention center, and it's like four levels deep. And there's still like room to walk around. And I mean, the escalators can get kind of congested, but like they're able to fit a good number of people there. Yeah, no, it is. I've been to at least the, I've been to the venue, even if it wasn't during, mm -hmm. you know, uh, AWA. Mm -hmm. And it is a really beautiful venue. It's interesting you mentioned parking, because that is something that I did forget to talk about. Um, one of the big things when you go to conventions is there's never any parking, right? Because it's usually like downtown in a city somewhere, 
where the parking is, you know, $50 to park at a hotel for the or weekend, it's $20 yeah. a day or it's metered parking or it's, you know, all this type of stuff, right? You get your car booted, you get your car ticketed, all that. Um, there is a massive amount of parking at Bell Bank Park, which is also another reason why uh, Preston chose the venue instead of trying to do something downtown, like at the Phoenix Convention Center. Um, we're trying to, to bring in, you know, more, more people from, from other parts of the Valley that may not, you know, make, make the trek, um, mm-hmm. you know, to downtown Phoenix or things like that because of, of, of cost and traffic and just general annoyances. Um, so there, there's plenty of parking at Bell Bank Park. Um, it's, are included in tickets. yeah, so there's no, no parking fees. So that's also something that we hope. Um, will make us different and just just a, an ease, like a convenience ease, you know, just like something simple. Uh, but but being able to park on your own is is a convenience that I know I I like when I go to cons, especially if I'm by myself, you know. So yeah, that that venue is pretty convenient now, especially with the new uh, highway they just built there. And uh, yeah, it's and it's much closer to where I am than you know when I have to go to uh, Glendale for the toy con, and you have to go through like these areas where there's homeless people wandering around in the street and you're worried you're going to hit one and then you hit a pothole and it's, it's just like, it's kind of strenuous to go to certain parts of Phoenix. But you know, if there's if something that's closer to where I am, I mean, that would be convenient another year if I uh, didn't have the opportunity to go. So yeah, that's it's awesome. nice that there's yeah. different I, places I, that it's being held. I was going to say the, the only, the only drawback, that I would say about your conventions, it's that's the same weekend as Anime Weekend Atlanta. Otherwise, I would definitely take you up on <laughs> try, trying to get my way out there to Phoenix. And, and I love to do a panel. I do them all the time. And uh, I love to be a panelist well, if the opportunity comes up in the future for you guys. So, Well, yeah, and we're actually uh, we're already planning another one uh, for the spring. So we're kind of working linear right now. Uh, since we signed a multi-year deal, we're planning to be doing two per year. Okay. Um, so we would definitely like to have you out to that one. So. But for anyone listening, though, who does have panel, we're very much like a fan, like not not crowdfunded, right? And not like fan funded, but very like fan friendly. Yeah. Or yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a Sunday. So it's, you know, my brain hasn't really worked it's yet. It's the day of rest, including your brain. It's so. <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. Um, but we are currently accepting panel submissions. So anyone listening out there, if you have an idea for... Uh, an UwuCon panel. It can be gaming related, anime related. It can be, K-pop. you know, K-pop. It could be podcasting related, even. Um, so, if, if costuming. So, if you have any ideas, um, there is a submission form on the website. Um, so, and I'm glad that you uh, mentioned wanting to maybe soon, you know, later on be to host some panels of your own, Dustin. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, well, it'll definitely give us, a, a, me and John, a reason to meet up for the first time because our, our backstory goes back 15 years or so, and we met on a, a yeah. website that's called used to be called Toon Zone, but now it's Anime Superhero. That's that's a whole other long story, but um, John and I have been podcasting since 2011, and that was with another name, but... Like yeah, at one point we were going to, I was going to go out to one on the East Coast, but uh, like health issues prevented it. Yes. But, uh, at one point, you know, we we should meet up at one of these cons. Yeah. You know, yeah. This at least give us a reason. Uh, I guess like if we, 
I don't know how to sum up a, a podcasting panel other than don't start one. Don't ever do a podcast. It's not, not like, <laughs> man, we can really make this big for you guys. Like, this is like meeting first time in person, like kind of like, you know, just like, uh, pen pals, uh, from you got mail from 12 years ago. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah, um, we used to be on AOL Instant Messenger and stuff. Yeah. We were, yes, we were oh my gosh. Solid communication program ever before it got shut down to the ground. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, that takes me That takes me way back we, for sure. We rode the AIM train literally till its death. <laughs> we were using <laughs> other, like, apps to see if we can try to use our AIM accounts to work on it. I remember trying to use, an, like, an AIM app on another app on my iPad. And then we we went to like. You will not let it die. You refuse to let it die. Yes, and uh, we went. Then we went over to Slack, and the Discord kind of worked out better. So we've been on Discord and kind of ditched Slack. So, so we're constantly. You sound like me when I worked at Hollywood Video. If you guys remember Hollywood Video. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Hollywood Video. uh... I shut my store down. I graduated college and I still worked shifts there, even though I had like a big girl job, you know, in my, in my career field at the time. And like, I shut my short, my store down. Like I helped, you know, pack up all the DVDs and clean the store and like basically lock its doors for the final time. So like, I, I'm like, I'm not letting this go. I'm going to, Oh, I was kind of how I felt about Paradise Video when that with that rental store in the East Valley that used to be around. I, I, I went there till it ended, and I bought some of the DVDs when they were doing their closing sale and stuff. But you know, <laughs> it's a shame there's not too many stores like that anymore. But I know there is one in uh, I think Glendale that I went to called Superstar Video, and I was amazed there's still a video rental store out there somewhere in the valley. Oh, actually, there's one in Mesa called House of the U's that really do uh, rent movies. Like uh, they try to. Pr- want you to buy them because they are cheap but they'll let you actually rent movies uh, still from them and we went there did it it was cool oh that's awesome i know like family video was like the last chain to die as far as i as as of recently like in the past couple and i think it was pandemic related unfortunately but yeah yeah, they're they're done now yeah oh yeah They, they, they have like an ebay store and it's just like here buy this like family video director's chair for 300 dollars, and i'm like for thirty, yeah, we'll we'll talk, but not for yeah. three hundred. Yeah, they might still have an online store because of their inventory. Because I think I still get emails. You know, but yeah, aren't aren't, aren't they selling like hemp related stuff now on their website? Like it's like scented oh, I oils. Yeah, I swear they are. <laughs> but um, I don't know. In terms of Hollywood Video, I had one in my town. Um, you know, shut down. It's probably been maybe ten years or so, and uh, that one. I got, like, because they were selling everything in there. Like, just take whatever you want. So, like, I have a couple of barcode scanners and wires and, like, a credit card reader just for the heck of it that's in a box in storage. And then oh, I bought... I wouldn't let do that. And oh, then I, I bought all their Futurama on DVD for, like, 90 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Like, so, I got, like, the I first got... four seasons of, like, individual DVDs, and they're, like, Hollywood video cases, and that's also yes. out in storage right now. So, yeah. And they're all just regular DVDs and yep. not, like, Blu-ray or anything. Yes. Yeah, the, the cool yeah. thing about Hollywood Video was that they had titles to DVDs that were like well out of print that were worth money. So like when that store went out of print or out of out of business, like the people that knew the prices of DVDs were either getting a good sale, you know, getting a good buy on them, or getting them and then reselling them online, which is like what I did well, with the Invaders in DVDs. I found. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, one thing um, I love where this conversation has gone. 
so one of the things that made Hollywood Video different than Blockbuster, for example, is Hollywood Video never sent back any of the movies that they got. They I can believe kept, it. They just kept expanding their shelving and their aisles. Blockbuster was very um, uh, like logarithm based. Mm-hmm. And so if if certain titles weren't hitting like a certain rental threshold, they got sent back and new, you know, and new and different titles were were sent to them instead. So we were directly across from a blockbuster and I can't tell you how many people would like drive over and be like, do you have the movie, the color purple? Cause you know, like you don't want to read the book when you're in high school or something, right? You just want to watch the movie. (laughs) So people would come and they're like, do you have the movie color purple? Blockbuster doesn't have it at all. And it's like, yes, actually. Yeah. We well, do have it. I mean, so. you, could, you can probably find 1984. And um, I know there was a blockbuster I knew that had like the 70s copy of Death Race 2000 uh, with oh David Carradine and, and Sylvester yeah. Stallone in it. And that, see, that's something you would find at a Hollywood video. Yes. Like it's they did uh, deals with like Hollywood video did deals with everyone. They did like independent horror yeah. distributors and stuff like stuff that blockbuster would never touch. Um, they were really, um, I mean, I know they were like a big box store and, you know, you blockbuster helped destroy the mom and pop and Hollywood video did too, but Mm -hmm. they really, there was just a different culture there and the people there seemed to really love movies. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it was still a very corporate structure, believe me. (laughs) I, I, I felt that the, uh, the Hollywood video, at least like in the town I'm in, um, had a larger anime selection than, uh, blockbuster did. Because again, they, they held on to everything. They held on to everything. Yeah. So, so I have, I have like Fatal it. Fury, the motion picture, when I bought it when they were going out of business, and I think that the DVD is not in good shape, and I don't know how well it's going to play. So, but I have it. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get rid of it, and a little bit of a uh, Windex and a soft cloth will. Uh... <laughs> I hope. I sure hope so. Like, yeah. I mean, but you can I just buy the Blu-ray from Discotech. It's available now. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's thing. Another thing I liked about them was they had the uh, Game Crazy store, you know, built in like next yep. door that yep. you could just walk through this wall and then you'd be in, you know, a different store with a whole selection of <laughs> video games that was, you know, much better than the little selection they had at Blockbuster. Yeah, Preston, that's what you were saying, right? You were like Game Crazy. Game Crazy was, yeah, that's yeah. where uh, I bought one of my original game systems from. Uh, I won the original Xbox from a Taco Bell uh, uh, kind of contest. Oh, nice! I, I was actually one of the ones. That, like, it, it, it was real. Like, I did win. You're the you're the one that won. Uh, we used to yeah win Taco Bell, and then my cousins back east. We actually used to ship uh, Monopoly pieces back and forth uh, back in the '90s and uh, claim the prizes together. So, oh, I... got digital cameras and uh, a TV one time. Yeah, it, it was cool. Wow. Yeah, game creator was kind of like. I think, like, sort of the gaming section that was sort of there to kind of compete with, like, GameStop or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it, was all, it was all green. It was green and black. Uh, it was it was cool. I, I like Game Crazy. See, we didn't have a separate one. We just had an entire section of the store devoted to video games. So that's weird. Mine mm. was just a Hollywood video, but we yeah, had... Some of them um, did that and some of them N64 didn't. four games and GameCube games and... 
I, yeah. Well, they had like a big console in the middle you could play. I remember like first seeing Spider-Man 2 being played there and I was kind of amazed by, you know, how big the city was in it and everything and just played it in the store for a while and then I rented it. You know, so that was right. kind of the fun of finding a game for the first time that you could just play in the store and then decide whether you wanted to check it out. Or yeah, those are those or... old gaming kiosks. Yeah. Um, you guys remember the Pokemon Snap one, right? From like... Yeah. Okay, so the yeah, last time... I... Yeah, well, see, see, Blockbuster had a kiosk where you can actually print out the pictures to the Pokemon in Pokemon Snap. <laughs> right. And you have, like, your own little, like, data save card. But the last time I saw that machine was a couple years ago when a friend of mine and I went to go pick up the big red Neo Geo arcade machine that he got a deal on from Craigslist. And the guy in the garage had that Pokemon Snap kiosk. And the story behind that, how we had it, was that his brother worked at a Blockbuster and because they were done with the promo, they were they were ordered or told to destroy them and throw them in the trash. Well, he's like, that's stupid. I'm taking this whole thing home. And now that sucker's worth like over a grand online or something ridiculous? Yeah. For, um, for Hollywood video and stuff like that, uh, one of the things that we used to do, my dad was a was a big engineer and he actually modded my Xbox and I was like, what are you doing? What are you, why are you taking my Xbox apart? <laughs> and he, he modded my Xbox uh, to, and he put a he put a terabyte drive into it, uh, and like I don't know how he was able to get that. And it was this giant thing on the side of the Xbox, <laughs> and I was like, "Dad, this is ugly. What the heck?" He was like, "Just trust me." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, we, he was like, "All right, now go rent the games you want, uh, you like." And I was like, "Okay." We rented the games from Hollywood Video, and they brought it back. And he 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 put a DVD or a game uh, burner on it, so I was able to burn all the <gasps> games directly to the hard drive and i'm like oh my gosh dad this is illegal son quit asking questions (laughs) yeah just don't just don't say anything oh do what your dad tells you we've all burned movies and and games and stuff in in our in our day we're the napster generation sorry dad i just threw you in the bus but yeah i used to do that with like rental tapes from there I'd oh. rent like Star Wars: The Phantom Menace and then make it onto a second VHS tape, so we didn't have to actually buy the. Yeah, thing, I, I did that with a couple of movies too. It's uh, only a problem okay. if you try to sell it for profit. Otherwise, the government doesn't know or isn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what else are these tapes for? <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking of uh, video rental stores. There was one next to a charter school I, I went to in high school. That it was in a shopping center next door to mine. I think it was North American Video or something. So the one next to my school was going out of business, and um, I think it was like junior year. So I, me- I just remember going in there just to see what they had. And, uh, of course, these video sections always have the adult section. But this store decided to be very, like, um, it was very comedic in how they had the adult uh, uh, section laid out. So basically, if you wanted to go get an adult movie, you had to go through this entire maze of this long line of shame to go to the section where the adult <laughs> movies were that was covered in bright pink, pink plastic or paper. <laughs> so, like, if you really wanted to get your Debbie Does Dallas, you have to walk the whole thing in front of everybody to go in that room. Oh, my and God. I was like, That's hilarious. It was tempting, but I'm like, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> um, yeah, we're at like fifty minutes. Um, I guess I, I think this is plenty of time. Unless you had something, guys, want to add something else? But um, 
I can't think of anything else for the convention. And talking about old rental stores is, is a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. I, I, it, nostalgia, man. It's, it's, it sells. And <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you get to go to Mesa, if you go to House of Use, uh, they are actually, uh, it was actually in a old Hollywood video and game trays uh, store. I'm going to read this hilarious uh, Yelp review that I just found on here on the House of the Used. I, I, this may be a libelous comment, but it, it's just so funny that I have to read it. The manager there is disgusting. She brags about having sex with married men in the back of the store and smokes her vape on the establishment. Every time me and my boyfriend go in, she's always ignoring me and flirting with him. No one bats an eye about it. Seriously, what kind of business is this? this? Her oh whorehouse? House of the Used should be her vagina's name. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> She's there ignoring people and texting on the job, taking pics. Last I saw her rubbing the owner's back in a more private way. I think her name is Jessie or Jessica. I was too bothered by her lack of everything to really look at her name tag. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. What a heck of a way to end a podcast. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That, that's a one star review that's going to make most men want to go there more. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I'll have to check it out, honestly, just because of a Hollywood video connection. I like visiting old Hollywood video locations. Nostalgic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mine, mine tore down in my, uh, my town and got rebuilt with a Aspen dental and a uh, mattress firm. That's, that's oh. what they did with the property. So the old building, it said empty for like a year or two. And then like, they plowed it and built that on there. So, I think mine became a dental office and an Italian restaurant at the same time. <laughs> like I think they split the building in half. I think it's been a very long time since I've gone back to visit that <laughs> building. <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah, it was maybe it was just a dental off dinner dentist office. I don't know. Ran but... by Italians that know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh. Okay. Well, if that's how we're going to end it, then I think that's a good way to, to end this out. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, definitely get this promoted. Uh, people listening to this, please check out UruCon out in uh, Arizona, Mesa. Or, <laughs> we said the location. I just can't remember, but it's there. So <laughs> check Bell it out. Bank at, yeah, yeah, in Mesa. <laughs> UWU.com. UWCon.com. Oh. UWCon.com. <laughs> okay. This is going south fast, so I better end it. Uh, thank you. And again, thank you guys for coming. Um, good luck to the con, and I'd love to come out there at some point. So Awesome. We'd love to have you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check out the House of the Used, especially Jessica. <laughs> you're you're going to have to do a review on that too next next podcast episode. So, yeah, uh, whenever. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end the. It recording. says it's closed today, but they're open Monday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's not too far from here. Yeah, I'll definitely check this place out. No surprise, you already know I ate.